welcome to Bullpen Sessions, where you will learn the lessons from the athletes excelling at the highest level so you can take these same lessons and apply them to your sport, business, and life. My name is Andy Neary, and each week I sit down with current and former pro athletes and other professionals tied to the sports world where we dive into the mindset of those athletes excelling at the highest level teaching you lessons you can apply so you can have massive success in your sport, business, and life. So do me a favor, grab your glove, grab a ball, take the mound, because you are about to strike out those limiting beliefs that have been holding you back oh so long. Here we go. All right, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. I'm excited today. Uh, anytime I get to uh, not only interview athletes, Olympic athletes, but badass athletes, like it's, it's like the perfect trifecta. So I'm excited today uh, to have both Paige Lawrence and Ariane Jones join me for the bullpen sessions. How are you guys doing? Excited to be here. Yeah, we're great. We're excited to hang out with you today. Now, this is going to be fun. Um, for those listening in, you know, I often preach taking care of your mind, taking care of your body, and whether you're an athlete uh, or you're in business, you have to, you have to, go at your days like you are an athlete. So we're going to dive into that today. You guys are going to find what Paige and Ariane talk about today to be super impactful. Uh, we're going to share a little bit about what they're doing to help business executives, entrepreneurs uh, up-level their mind and body. Before we get there, we're going to have a little fun talking about their Olympic careers, which uh, for those that are are listening north of the U.S. border in Canada, you, you may remember these names. Paige Lawrence, uh, Olympic figure skater for Canada in the 2014 uh, Sochi Olympics, right? Yep, that's it. And Ariane, same thing. In the luge, you represented Canada in the 2014 Sochi Olympics. Yeah, those Olympics is where Paige and I met each other. Awesome. Well, let's start. Uh, we're going to start with a little ping pong back and forth. Paige, I'm going to start with you first. Just share, I know you've you've been on the podcast before, and you're actually the first second time interview in the history of the bullpen section podcast. We're on episode one oh, what is this? One oh two. So or no, one oh three. So you're uh, you're definitely the you're the first time. Yes. Yeah. Tell yeah, us a little bit about good. your Olympic journey. Um, you know, everybody saw you on stage uh, on the ice in 2014, but what was that journey like as a child up until that moment? Yeah, so my journey, I mean, I think like everyone is, is near and dear to my heart. Um, but essentially, I was a small town kid. I grew up on a ranch outside of a town of 200 people, like teensy tiny little town. Um, and essentially, like, I have the story of the kid that should never have made the Olympics. I mean, we trained in like an old tin, practically a barn that was like minus 30. Um, my coach and partner, skating partner, none of us knew what we were doing. We literally taught ourselves off of a VHS and TV on the rink. Um, but we were just the, the story of two kids that had this dream and they really believed in themselves. And so they always found a way to progress forwards. And so I went from that little ranch kid to a kid that chased a dream all over North America and the world and ended up on the Olympic stage. So, um, that's the long and short of it. <laughs> I, I like that. Well, I like that a lot because I think a lot of people, when they think about Olympic athletes, they think about these uh, cyborgs, these robotic humans that were born and raised in, in, in a genetic lab to become these super Olympics. Um, yeah. I think it, it reminds me of like the East German athletes from the 1980s. <laughs> but uh, how about you, Ariane? How about, I you know, you, you definitely also participated in a very high risk sport, the luge. 
How does somebody get into luge as a child? Tell me about that journey. Yeah, well, it is a really interesting segue you said there about, you know, the the cyborg go golden athlete because neither Paige or I were the athletes that were supposed to be good. Like we were the the underdog, the counted out, the why are you here, the these people suck at the beginning. So I think that that's like important to start. We were not some like golden children that were picked out of obscurity. Absolutely not. So yeah, getting into luge. So for those people that don't know it, luge is because a lot of people don't know what it is. Like I love that Andy's like a super luge fan, which like I'm feeling great <laughs> Never about. Happens. Never, Never happens. Never happens. But for those that don't know what luge is, um, a lot of people know what bobsled is, but it's kind of like I get to go down a frozen water slide down a mountain, but luge is so low on my back feet first on the sled to clear that up but I got started in it because I live in Calgary and Calgary hosted the 1988 Olympics and so because of that I'm what's called a legacy baby meaning I got into this sport because of the Olympic legacy that was left behind in the city meaning there's a luge track in my backyard practically in the city and so I just was a kid who was active and sporty and went to a camp where I got to try all of these Olympic sports and mountain biking, ski jumping, um, biathlon, all of these different sports. And I got to try luge and I thought it was super fun and really exciting. And at the end of the day, they said, Hey, you're pretty good at this. You should come back. And I went home and told my mom, Hey, I'm going to do luge. And she immediately was like, what's <laughs> luge? <laughs> That's awesome. How does, so, you know, Again, love the story that you guys weren't elite athletes out of the gate. I wasn't either, right? I had a chance, you know, Ariane, you may not know my story as well as Paige does, but I, I spent a few years in the professional baseball. And again, I was I was that definition, that undersized pitcher. I wasn't somebody who was supposed to excel at the levels he excelled at. For that, that young athlete or that young, even that young um, business uh, professional entrepreneur out there, what are some of the lessons you guys took away from your journey from this undersized, maybe underdog to the Olympic stage that somebody could use and tie into their own life? Yeah. So I, I would say I have a pretty big one to start with is so in my luge journey, so luge is a gravity sport, meaning the heavier and bigger you are, the faster you're going to go. It's speed down a mountain. So I like to use the analogy of like, if you're at the top of a hill and you had a bowling ball and a golf ball and you push them both down, like which would get to the bottom first? right? Obviously yeah. the bowling ball. I'm the golf ball to be clear. So <laughs> in this story, obviously this is a podcast. People can't see me. I'm not a very big person, um, in height or size or bone structure. And therefore I was the wrong size for my sport. So, you know, I got into my sport, you're a kid, it's fun. You're progressing. You're doing pretty good. But around that time I hit about 16 years old, I was quickly told as things got more serious in the sport, um, you're not the right size to be here. You need to change. You don't belong here. You're not enough. You're never going to make it. Like you're definitely never making it to the world cup, to the Olympics. You're never going to win a medal. You might as well quit. And that was from like all the voices I was hearing from higher ups, coaches, trainers, everyone pretty much in a position of authority. And obviously spoiler, we know now that I went to the Olympics and won medals and all of these things for a decade. Um, but in those moments, I had to decide really quickly, am I going to listen to those voices mm -hmm. or am, and I'm, am I going, what am I going to believe 
am I going to believe their view on me or am I going to believe my view on me? And I think that, you know, I'm not just blindly thinking I can do this. I'm going, wait a second, I'm getting good results here. Wait a second. What if while I, what I lack in size, I make up for in heart and work ethic and mental strength. What if I'm more aerodynamic than other people? What if someone would think outside the box with me here? And I had to quickly ask myself the question of what if the opposite was true? What if I do belong here? What if I can make it? And even though these voices were telling me I couldn't, I had to choose what am I going to believe here? That's uh, I love how you said that, because one, not listening to the voices, you know, not not I, I tell people all the time, you can't don't get too, too many opinions because most of them come with um, ulterior motives, you know, or, or people are placing their uh, own shortcomings on you with their opinions. And so what you just said there, Arianne, is so important because it's a matter of just applying your skill day after day and knowing that you have the ability to do that and just keep doing it long after everybody else decides to quit. Yeah. And I think focusing in on what you are in control of, right? So there's pieces there. I couldn't get six inches taller. So I had to let that go. I had to be like, I can't control that. I need to stop letting that weigh me down every day because it's heavy to carry around all those voices. Let it go. What can I control here? I can control my mindset. I can work harder than everybody else. I can be a better driver than everybody else. I can have a faster start than everybody else. Take what you actually can control and then double down your efforts into those pieces. That's a great point. Paige, with you now, I want to ask you this question. Because with Ariane going down, I love how you said this, a big frozen water slide. Um, <laughs> in, your, in your sport, you know, people watch Olympic figure skating on TV, especially the pairs. And they see these people doing flips and triple axles and all this. For you, when I watch a female figure skater do a triple axle, I'm like, how do you even begin to practice something like that? You know, and so when you're having to perform that at the highest level, when the spotlight is on you, what does it take? Cause I think people listen that and they think that they're either given the God given talent or they're not. What allowed you to go from somebody who didn't know really how to skate at first to being able to do a triple axle when millions of eyes are on you around the world? Um, yeah, that's a really great question. I think there is no, there's no easy answer there for me coming from a kid that wasn't super talented. Like I wasn't, I wasn't the the best person on the ice at a young age. Um, so again, I was the hardest worker. I was the first person on the ice and the last person off it. Um, but I think it was more than that. I think one of the things that allowed me to really grow my skill set um, was the fact that I was like a sponge to feedback and now i realized now what i was doing was using that feed forward so anytime i heard mm. something that i did wrong anytime i did something that made a mistake like every time i was focused on a fault i quickly corrected that fault to what i wanted to do better i like in my brain i, I heard the feedback the negative feedback and i transferred into what improvement do i want to make and because of that it was like i i was a machine who was constantly finding ways to get better um, so I think that that right there was what allowed for the growth and gave me the foundation of, to learn these awesome, fun, scary tricks. Um, and then when it really comes down to competing and performing under pressure, um, I think it comes down to the fact that I had worked so hard and, and left no stone unturned 
in the training for years and years and years, but in the moment, it comes down to trusting. It comes down to executing. It comes down to a really firm, um, almost ability to shut off all the negatives and focus on the what I'm ready to go and do. And I mean, like any athlete knows that's all about muscle memory, right? It's about shutting off the the talk and, and just going and doing what you're, what you've been trained to do. Well, so, and yeah, go ahead. Let's keep going. I'm sorry. No, it's good. But what I was going to say was I, I have a, I have had a last week I had Sean Pete on. So I've got my little string of Canadian athletes rolling here. Sean played some uh, minor league hockey. He's from Vancouver Island. And he said something to your, to the point you just made their page. Um, he's now in NASCAR and he runs a pit crew team uh, for the Chip Canassi racing uh, team out, out of North Carolina. And he said, we're okay with failure. In fact, we ask our guys to fail quickly, but we keep practicing. We don't practice. So we don't get, how did he say it? We don't practice to get it right. We practice until we can't get it wrong. Mm -hmm. mm. And I think that yeah. was so like what you just said, how did, how does, how does a skater, how are they able to do a triple axle? Like it's nothing. How's Ariane able to fly down that, that uh, track? Like it's nothing. It's practice until you can't get it wrong. When Paige has the saying actually that she came up with when we were filming our course and I was like, stop everything that's golden, where she said, <laughs> failure isn't final, right? That's what we're kind of talked about in society is you fail, that's it, it's done. And that's not the case at all. Both Paige and I can speak for this. And I think most people in life that have accomplished something big in no matter what the arena, the failures are actually the key crux moments that lead you to something bigger, right? Like there is so much opportunity in failure. It's not a final moment. Well, and I love what you said, Paige. I had never thought of feedback as feed forward. That is, that was a golden nugget. I think that you kind of slipped in there that people may have missed, but <laughs> Paige has so many golden nuggets. Oh, Just wait me. for it. Trust me. Trust me. So let me ask you this. This is a, a, a another uh, Olympic question and either one of you take this one first, but I want both of you to answer this page, whether you're standing on the side of the ice rink ready to go. And those are the TV moments, right? That when, when we're, we're the, the consumers watching it on TV, on NBC, we see that, you know, the cameras on page as she's looking down at the ice, giving her last thoughts before she takes the ice. Ariane, same thing with you. We see the camera on you as you're staring down the track and you're about ready to go. What's going through your head in that moment? For, for me, again, those are, those are moments that you train for that people don't understand, right? It's like that for us, it's when I'm holding my starting position and I'm waiting for the music to start and it's just dead quiet in the arena. Um, those are trainable moments. And for me, it was all about cultivating a, a powerful confidence that I could just feel in my body. There was not even, it wasn't even about thoughts or last minute, like things to tell myself because too late for that. For me, it was about getting in that ideal performance state and for me that was just oozing confidence like i mean i i'm i'm picturing it and i could like feel it in my body again because it was for me it was all about just getting into that zone where i know i'm ready to go because then i trust and then i go and then i do that's awesome how about you arianne yeah, a similarity there, right? Where people, you know, the media that you're watching, the Olympic moment, it starts, you get to first see me hands in the handles about to go down the track. That's not where my day has started, right? Like I have <laughs> crafted the last hour of 
pieces that I do timed down to the minute that get me mm -hmm. ready to sit in those handles. So the mm -hmm. interesting thing is when I would sit down in the handles, so like the loose start handles, um, for people that again, don't realize this, I don't run at the start. I would sit and pull with my upper body. I would like a big thing for me is I would take like a slow breath, like three seconds in three seconds mm -hmm. out. And when I would sit down in my sled, it's quiet. It's calm. It's calm confidence in that moment. But the thing is, I've created that. Again, I'm not some superhuman that every time I sat down in a sled, I created that. I would create the hour before I was sitting down on the ice where what music am I listening to? Okay, I'm super nervous when I get to the tracks. So I'm going to like dance around to music and go for a run. And then my warm up is there. And then this piece and this piece, all the pieces that I've honed in for years that I know work for me to get me into that ideal performance state. And that's something that can be taught in any arena you're in. You know, if you're a, a writer and every morning you need to get up and write four chapters, you're going to find out like, what do I need to do first before I sit down that gets me into that ideal flow state? These are things that are unique for every person, but through trial and error, you craft it to find that performance state for you. And I like what you both actually said in just very subtly, subtle different ways is it's easy to look at both of you in the starting gate, whatever the, you know, the gates are in your sports, but your, your moment had started hours before that. And mm -hmm. I, I, th I say the same thing as a pitcher, you know, you think you see me on the mound ready to throw pitch one of the game. No, no, no. I was preparing two hours before that. And I think that's, I say this all the time, whether, you know, people want to be Tom Brady throwing a touchdown, the Super Bowl, LeBron James hitting the shot in the finals. They don't see the, boring crappy work you have to put in every single day that makes that moment possible i think and, and Paige, you talk about that olympic moment right uh, in mm -hmm. fact i have you speaking to one of my groups uh in about a month about that olympic moment it, it's going back to the basics every single day that's what it's about right and also knowing for people that you know when you see people in that moment going like god look how confident and cool and collected they are there was also the moments a week earlier where i was sitting in the start handles freaking out because i couldn't figure out a corner down the track right like it wasn't this easy you just see the easy highlight reel you see the instagram highlight reel you see those moments it's never the full picture well and i'm and the reason i'm glad i'm glad you said that because again the audience that's listening in is a mix of athletes or just business people who, you know, sales producers, whoever that might be. And it's the same holds true no matter what industry you're in. If you're an athlete, it's the work you put in off the field when no one's watching. If you're in business, it's the work you put in off the field when no one's watching. It's not, oh, this guy just has natural sales ability. No, no, no. He probably put in a hell of a lot of time off the field outside the, the office to make sure he is extremely well in his Olympic moment. Quick question I want to ask, given the environment we're in today, um, patriotism, right? Whether it's United States, Canada, I, I, I personally want us to get back to a greater sense of patriotism, especially here in the United States. And uh, Ariane, in your profiles, I love this about your profiles. You said something in, in that profile, the Olympic profile I, I found of yours about m Olympic moments that inspired you. And here's what, here's what it said. One of them was tough looking guys at a pub erupting into high fives when figure skater Joni Rochette won bronze. What does the Olympics mean to you guys from a country perspective? Ooh, talk about a loaded question. Yeah, that's a big one. Okay. And I was so scared when you were like, I read this that you said, and I was like, oh God, what did I say? Maybe, maybe this is a better way to ask the question. 
when you knew you were representing a country, did that add any extra stress or, you know, as because you now you're not just representing a team you play for. This team happens to be every single citizen of the country you live in. Was there added pressure, added stress to that or no? I would say for myself, when I am, I'll answer that. Um, I mean, there wasn't any added pressure or stress. Okay. It was almost like, um, it was almost like an added source of like energy and joy. Um, it's not very often, like, I mean, the lead up to leaving to the Olympics was so beautiful because I'm from a small town and no matter where I went I would have people stopping me to say like oh can't wait to watch you we're so excited to see what like to see you in the in the Olympics and and so I carried that sense over there those those individuals who are just so excited and so proud of you no matter what and so for me I think there was that sense of of joy and pride and um I really just felt grateful. I know that sounds very cliche, but I felt grateful to be representing my country and all of those individuals. Um, and I think, you know, in, in reference to what you said before and patriotism and stuff like that, I, I love what the Olympics does is because it brings countries together. It brings individuals together. Like, like you're right. There's a bunch of guys high-fiving in a pub over a figure skater that they've never watched figure skating before, you know? Um, but it's so beautiful what sport can do. And I think that it offers this opportunity to see what the world really is capable of, what individuals are capable of when they choose to see the things that bring them together rather than the things that separate them. Um, and so for me, it was just a really beautiful experience to awesome. compete at the Olympics, to wear a maple leaf on my back, um, and to know that I was doing people back home a lot of a lot of good. Yeah, that's awesome. How about you, Ariane? Yeah, I think that it's so, so funny. I think I gave that quote or that story so long ago, I didn't even remember it. Now it's made me all nostalgic and like brought up really good memories. But I think multiple points on this. You know, when you say, was there a lot of added pressure when you had that maple leaf on your back? I think something that's also interesting to remember is that the first time I ever got a, a Canada coat that had that maple leaf on the back, I was 16. Right. And that was a huge moment for me. And I was so proud and I was proud to have that maple leaf on my back every day since then. Mm -hmm. But so going to the Olympics, while it is its own beast, it also the mental prep that you do leading up to the Olympics, you also have to mentally not think of it as its own beast. You have to be like, yeah. this is what I do because I agree. I think if I went into the Olympics being like the whole country is watching, oh gosh, it's pretty easily to spiral into panic, right? Instead, I think I very much like compartmentalized and got there and went, I've been wearing the same Canada coat for the last decade. It brings me immense pride. It brings me confidence. It brings me like gr that grounded pride. But also I have to remember that everyone I'm competing against today is who I've competed against for the last decade. I know what I'm doing. And so I really did folk. I also in 2014 was kind of the fringe before social media. So like I had turned off all of that. Mm -hmm. I was very much in that bubble of like, I just got to come here and do what I know I can do. But then it is true that after the fact of one night after I competed, I kind of opened up the floodgates and then all these messages came in from people, screenshots, watching me on TV, all of those pieces that yeah, made me just feel so much pride and so grateful to have played a really small part 
in the beauty that is the Olympics of bringing people together where they focus in on exactly what what connects us versus what divides us, right? Those big burly men that are football players that are cheering for figure skating, they're focusing on the connection of like, look at that badass girl for Canada, right? Like, yeah. I think that there's, those are the beautiful moments. So to know that I got to play a small part in that makes you feel really grateful. Well, and again, you both said that so well, the moment's only big and, and, and there's only, a, there's only a lot of pressure on it when you put the pressure on it, when you make it bigger than it is. And it, it's, this is the theme of today's episode is it goes back to practice preparation mindset. And if you put the work in and, and you stay consistent with it, Yes, the moment appears big because you're representing a country or in the Olympics, but to you on the ice or you on the on the sled, it's it's where you've been every day for the last four or five years. Like, I, I think that's so important to point out is that yes, these are huge milestone moments, but you train you train for the similarities. You train um, yep. to do what you do every single day. I, I honestly think one of the last things I said to my partner as they were about to call our name, I was like holding his hand, and I was like. We're, we figure skate every single day and we're going to figure skate again today. Let's keep that in perspective. And yep. and then they called our names and we went and figure skated. Exactly. <laughs> you know? We went and that's, that's great. That's a great simple way of saying it. We went and figure skated. Right. Now, yeah. I have a question for you guys. I want to ask one last question. We're going to dive into your um, podium performance program you two have coming on. That's really why I wanted to have you on um, today is last question, because as a, as an athlete, especially Olympic level athlete, and I'm assuming you guys apply the same principles to your life today, you have to be able to unwind. You have to be able to get, you know, get back, you know, get away from the focus of the sport so you can refocus and re-energize for that sport that you're doing or that business that you're running. What are some of your hobbies today, guys? Paige, I'll start with you. Like, what do you do to, to take your mind off work these days? Um, that's a good question. So now working out has become a hobby, whereas before it was a full-time job. So I love, I love being in the gym. I love, um, hiking or biking, being outside. My husband is an avid fly fisherman and he's convinced that he's going to make me one as well. So I do enjoy <laughs> doing that. <a> little bit. <laughs> um, and then I'm also a secret nerd. So I love just curling up on the couch with a book. That's awesome. That's Ariane, how about you? Yeah, some similarities there for sure. Um, again, I'm such a nerd. I love reading. It's always been an escape for me. So I read a ton. That's a big one for me. But a, a big one for me would be the combination. I'd say like the trifecta of like moving my body, nature and food. And I only say that because I'm like, sometimes it comes across obviously like cooking is a big calm passion for me. So just being in my kitchen, like good music blaring. But then sometimes it combines like nature for me is a big one tuning out. So it's like going for a hike, but like bringing delicious snacks and like having a snack break, like that all coming together. So anything really for me, that's like nature, moving my body, eating really good food, all of those pieces are my happy place. If, if, you're, hanging out, if you're hanging out with Jones, you're eating some sort of yummy, delicious, nutritious food. I love it. Well, this is a great segue <laughs> because what it, what it sounds like is you like creating the experience. And, oh yeah. And, and, oh yeah. And, and the reason I wanted to ask you guys that question is again, doing a little research on you two, you know, I think of Paige, her off off the court, off the field hobbies are those badass. I like watching rodeo, fly fishing, hiking. <laughs> and then and then when I was reading about you, Ariana, it was like Zen. It was like hiking, yoga, paddleboarding. <laughs> yeah, I think That's it's true. I think yeah, I do think it also came from kind of sport days of like 
Luge was real on and intense and nervous system 12 out of 10 that it was like when I wasn't doing that, it was like I had to swing the pendulum the complete opposite end of the spectrum and be like, what is the calmest thing I can do? No, it's so good. And, and I think to tie a bow on this comp, this part, this uh, segment of the conversation, you're listening in right now. Take notes. These two performed at the highest level in their sports. But it wasn't because they were given the God-given talent to do it. It came down to preparation, mindset, practice. And to me, the biggest thing is showing up every day. That consistency of showing up every day and doing the same things over and over again, literally until you couldn't get it wrong. Mm-hmm. And and so that's where I want to segue because the, the, the podium performance program you two have coming out, um, to me, just sounds really exciting. And it's about fueling your mind and your body so that you can perform at the highest level every single day, every single day. Let's just dive into it. Share with share with uh, the audience kind of what was your inspiration behind putting this program together? You want to start, Jones? Okay, I'm on it. We're both like nodding at each other. We're like, you go, you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it really is how to eat, drink, and think to be high-performance you, to be the best version of you. And and I want to clarify on that because the best version of you doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the best in the world. That might be it for you. But like to put it into perspective here, best version of me when I'm competing at the Olympics is actually to be one of the best in the world, right? Like there's those parameters. Post-sport, I got diagnosed with a chronic illness. It's something I struggle with and live with every day. Best version of me now looks very different than it did before. But there is still a best version of me every day, right? A still a high-performance version of me every day. And so Paige and I really came together with this because she would be working with her clients, these amazing individuals um, in business, trying to get them to be their best, productive, efficient, creative, bring their huge goals to life. And to be the full picture of that, eventually the conversation would come up where there's only so many mindset things you can do before, you know, why don't I have any energy in the afternoon has to do with the fact that you're eating crap. And so the food conversation would come up. On my side, I'm working with people, getting them to feel their best self, right? Through what they eat and lifestyle changes and all those pieces. So much of that has to do, like creating new habits has to do with mindset. How are you approaching it? How are you speaking to yourself? And so those come together. And Paige and I realized we were both super passionate about helping people become that best version of themselves. And taking those tools that lead to greatness are the same in almost every arena that we've lived and we've learned and we've taught. And we went to make real change in the world here. We need to create this together. And that's going to get the biggest, most incredible change for people is to combine our superpowers together. I like that. And I, I'm going to ask you guys a couple of questions about the program page. I want to ask you, um, when you guys put the, the program together, who's it geared for? Who did you have in mind? Yeah. So initially we, we, we really like talked a lot about this. Like, who is this for? Um, and a couple of things came out. So like the, the psychographics of like, um, passionate, driven, ambitious humans like we're like those are our people those are us right um and we see those kind of coming through in a lot of entrepreneurs a lot of elite athletes um but then we also wanted just to leave space for those badass go-getters who are who recognize that they can be doing better in their own lives and are willing to show up and put the work in so it's kind of those those three categories um recognizing that it's it's really comes down to personality traits of hey are you are you ambitious driven passionate about what you're doing and really willing to put the 
effort in because none of what this course is about is a quick fix. We don't offer band-aids. We don't offer these like seven steps to success. It's, it's not about that. It's about making real, tangible, sustainable changes in your life. And that takes effort. So um, really, it's just for the people that are willing to put in the work and who are also ready to reap the rewards. I like that. So let's, I want to, maybe if you guys wouldn't mind sharing some tidbits of each area. I love what uh, you said, Ariane, what you eat, drink, and think. So let's start with the eating. You know, everybody knows, okay, I've got to eat healthy. I've got to put the right things in my food, you know, right things in my mouth. What's your approach from the eating perspective? So think of that business executive, that entrepreneur that you guys will be serving. You know, I talked about it before, like you have to show up every day and you have to play all out. But if you're if you're going to do that, you have to be, you have to be feeling good. Mm-hmm. What are, what are a couple tips in the eating category that you guys could plug out there right now that for somebody who's listening and going, yeah, you know, I know that my diet could be a little better. Yeah. So I'd say the first thing is like my food approach is not, we're not about the counting calories, fads, trends, all of those pieces, right? It comes down to eating whole real foods, Um, is the biggest thing here. But the cool thing in our course, because it's 12 weeks, is we build it up. Like first building block from the bottom, uh, let's get hydrated here. People don't realize that being dehydrated, there's some really interesting stats about like being dehydrated to a certain amount means that you perform on tasks the same as you would like driving under a DUI type pieces. Like we have some crazy stats like that where it's like, those are the basics, but people are like, oh, water, right. I'm good on coffee. Not so much on the water, right? That's a super easy thing for people to do. And there's actually a formula to find out like exactly how much you need to optimally hydrate. And we build up from there every week. We talk about like stronger snacking, right? Like how to actually snack to balance your blood sugar throughout the day. So you don't eat something, you get a quick 15 minutes feeling good. It's what should we be eating here so that I can have this even keel energy and mood all day long. And then as well down to like, meals, right? Healthy eating meals. People think healthy means boring, means flavorless, means tasteless. And that's so not true. Like, or, or just chicken, rice, and broccoli. Like athletes, we've all been there before where you eat chicken, rice, and broccoli for every meal. And I'm not about that. I'm like, food should be delicious. Food should like look good. It should taste good. But also we've tailored all of these meals to the busy person. So I'm like, I'm not going to get you to spend an hour in the kitchen every night. It's where are you at? Here's how to batch prep this. But it's all the recipes are like whole real food. They're super nutrient dense, tons of vitamins, tons of minerals, all of those pieces low on the inflammation piece, right? Like those are some of those key factors on food. And then another big one that we do in the middle four weeks of the program is we actually do a 30 day no refined sugar challenge. Because cutting out refined sugar, like I just want to scream it from the rooftops. Like it was the very first nutrition thing I ever did pre being a nutritionist or chef just when I was an athlete that changed my life. Because a lot of times when I talk refined sugar, people think like cakes and pies and candies. Fair, actually not one of the biggest problematic pieces. One of the biggest pieces people don't realize is a lot of the sugar and hidden refined sugar we're consuming is hidden. 
It's hidden in the food products, in the salad dressings, in the pasta sauces, in the granola. We don't realize we're eating it, but our bodies and our brains are addicted to that. And it's a challenge that I've run so many clients through. And every time people are like, this changed my life. And so we do it in a way that you don't feel lost, that doesn't feel scary, that doesn't feel overwhelming, but it literally at the end of these 30 days, it will change your life in ways unique to you. And we're super excited to help people walk them through that. It doesn't have to be a forever change, but you can do anything for 30 days. That's awesome. How about you, Paige? When I think about some of the, the stuff you're teaching from the mindset perspective, um, <clears throat> as, as an entrepreneur out there, somebody running their business, you know, in order to be successful today, what are some of the, the areas, they, areas they need to focus on when it comes to their mindset? So a big, like the big focus for me is getting people to actually do the things that they say they want to do. I believe that success comes down to being able to achieve your goals, right? Um, but in order to do follow through on the goals, we start earlier than that. We start focusing on what your self-talk is and promoting self-talk that actually helps you. We focus on creating a growth mindset because that's a huge factor in, in finding success. Um, we talk about limiting beliefs and all of that before we even get to goals and then when we get to the goal setting i take four weeks to walk people through the exact process that i use as an athlete and that i've kind of fine-tuned as a performance coach so that people are setting goals in a way that number one creates momentum forwards and number two builds confidence so that they're feeling good and they're they're starting to believe that they can do the thing that they say they want to do um and then after that it's all about sustainable success, right? So, so that we're not achieving these things at the cost of your health, your sanity, um, AKA burnout. So we start looking at things like ways that people self-sabotage, um, active recovery so that you're able to maintain these, uh, these big wins, celebrating your small wins, um, really creating a uh, sustainable progress. Um, and it's, everything is built from one level to the next so that you go from the very beginning where we're just focusing on self-talk to the very end where you're this fine-tuned machine who's like living life, enjoying life and doing some badass things. Yeah, no, I like that because you can't apply. I mean, action's one thing, right? We have to take action if we're going to be successful. But if you apply the wrong mindset to that action, you're still not going to get the results you want. And I was just listening to Ed Milet, uh this morning talk about being in integrity with yourself. The best mm -hmm. person you can follow through for is yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's a big thing I see in health too is health, mindset, performance, goals, everything. We live in this culture where people want the easy button. How often do we hear people say overnight success? How often do we hear people say, I'm just going to take that pill and it's going to take all my symptoms away. That stuff doesn't work. And that's not how it happens. If you want to live in integrity with yourself, let's talk about investing in yourself, not, not money, investing time, energy, prioritizing yourself for who you want to be, for what you want to accomplish, for what you want to feel. If you want to feel great and do great things, you have to show up for yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys are speaking my language. This is why I have you on. I love this conversation because that's it. That's it. It's uh, that's it. That's where it starts and it ends. It's that simple. Yeah. So the, for the people listening in who are now going, hmm, this is a program I think actually could help me out. And why, you know, when it comes to the credibility, there's no two people who have more credibility on this topic than you two. You, you performed as an athlete at the highest level possible. What are some of the deliverables? If I sign up for this program, what am I walking away with? 
Paige, you want to take this question. one? Yeah. What are you walking away with? I mean, as much as it sounds maybe like pretty large, I would say like a 180 on your life. Um, you're going to come into this for your own separate reasons, I think. Um, but we're giving you the opportunity to take back control of your goals, your health, your time, and your energy. So rather than moving through your life as a victim, you are creating your life as an active participant, therefore able to to build, purposely build the life you want to live. And I, I, I know that's like a very big promise, but it's one that we really truly believe that you'll take out of this. Got it. And what I about think you, Ariane? Yeah. yeah, some of the like, I love Paige, it was like big picture. It's funny, we've kind of like, she's like, this is this big picture you're gonna take away. And by the way, cause you kind of cut out, it sounded like you said you were gonna do an 80 on your life, but she meant 180. <laughs> Just, it's just, a new it's a new philosophy in sports you're gonna do an 80 degree turn on your yeah, life it's you're just perfect. it's not just quite the 90 degrees you're just almost there it's yeah. slightly 80. 90 degrees just, yep. just take a quite just a small pivot, it, a small it's, pivot. It, it's it's the new one it's the new 100 it's, yeah. the 80. it's the 80 right no but here's some of the tangibles right like even just the goal setting practice that page lines up for people you're going to walk away having a clear vision on exactly what you want to accomplish and what you stand for. Super clear goals on your career, your health, your personal life, but then tangibles on breaking those down into monthly and weekly so that you can wake up every day. Enough of this just mindless busy work. When you wake up every day, you got a to-do list with exactly the steps you're taking today that are going to get you to that huge goal in one month, six months, one year, whenever that time frame is. You're going to have all of the recipes, the grocery lists, the step-by-step -step on how to make all this incredible food so that you know exactly what to fuel your body with every morning when you wake up that makes you feel good all day. People are going to come out of this having more energy, having like an upgraded mood, an even mood, an even energy all day. So much more confidence in like self-belief in themselves. And then as well, there's going to be the bio-individual aspect. You know, what are you coming in wanting to work on? What's your focus and what you're willing to put in? There's going to be huge changes in that alley for yeah, you. I, and I think that's so important where, based on where we are today as a society. You know, what was it? Last week was our one-year anniversary of many areas going into lockdown, right? Or this becoming, I think, officially becoming a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I think when we went into lockdown, we're like, ah, we'll be locked down for a couple of weeks and we'll be back. And here we are a year later. And really, in many cases, not a whole lot has changed. And so I think with a lot of folks right now, mindset's one where I find so many people just not in a good spot. And they're letting their days control them versus they control their days. And so I think what you guys are doing with this uh, program right now is so needed. It's giving people that roadmap to wake up every day on purpose with intention mm -hmm. so that they can go play all out and not leave anything on the field. Exactly. I think, you know, the world in the last year has felt very out of control. It hasn't just felt out of control. It's been, it's been out of control, right? But okay, let's circle back to what we started this with, with the principle of me starting in luge and focusing what's in your control. A lot of the world right now is out of our control, for sure. Pandemic, health, vaccines, you know, all of the lockdowns, we can't control any of that. What can we control? Our health, our mindset, what we eat, drink, and think every day, all of that is still within our control. Absolutely. And it's super empowering to take that control back. We've been in this state for a year, 
Like take that control back because you can make immense change in your own bubble, right? Of being in te- having integrity with your own life in that piece. Yep. No one, I, no one is ever forcing food into your mouth or, or thoughts into your brain. At the end of the day, you still have that choice to determine what you consume. And to be clear, yeah. you kind of mentioned roadmap on this course. So you also want to be clear that you're not signing up. And then we're just like, okay, cool. Make this huge change. Good luck. You know, we wanted, we find a lot of courses out there can be fluff or they can be confusing. We wanted this to be so clear where every week we're like, here's the changes. So we start with like, here's the education. Here's the why we're going to talk about it. And then here are your exact tangible to do's. Here's your checklist. Here's your grocery list. Here's your step-by-step journal prompts. I also want to like, I want to add in also that when Aria and I were creating this course, we were like, what is, what was so special about our success? And we kept going back to the idea of unshakable confidence because of the work that we put in every single day. And because of the intention and control we felt like we had over our lives, we could go into any different arena in life with confidence in ourselves. And that's a part of what we want people to take away from this course also is that they feel empowered by what they do over these next 12 weeks, that they take confident forwards into other areas of their life, right? It's not just confidence in what they're eating, drinking, and thinking. It's confidence in who they are and what they're capable of. And to me, that's super exciting to see more people living into their potential. No, I love that. I love that. So it's the podium performance program. If you're listening in right now, you're an entrepreneur, uh, you're in sales, I don't care what you're doing. If you know that you need to up level, again, what you're putting in your mouth, as as Ariane said, what you eat, drink and think, uh, this sounds like it's going to be an unbelievable program. So I'm going to put that in the show notes. You can go uh, catch it, sign up for it. I promise knowing these two, like I know them now, I uh, you won't be disappointed with the results. Okay, we are going to finish up with a little rapid fire. You guys ready? Super ready. And these are, I'm going to ask, I got three questions for each of you specifically for your sports that you participated in. And so as a fan of sports in general, yes, baseball was my sport. I love sports, which means I also have a lot of questions. <laughs> and so I'm just going to go back and forth. And I want you to come up with the, the either the answer that 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 is correct for you or the quickest answer that comes to your head. Paige, I'm going to start with you. Now, I'm going to set the tone with this. People may not know Paige's husband is a professional bareback rider. He's in the rodeo. Paige, what is much what is what is more badass, the triple axle or bareback in the rodeo? Oh, gosh, that's not fair. You're pitting her against her husband. <laughs> I mean, I've got to make my sport. I think what we did is a badass. Um, so, yeah, I'm going I'm to bet on myself and say that I, I was, I'm more of a badass. <laughs> I'll take the triple axle over eight seconds, right? <laughs> Ariane, all right, now for you. What was your maximum speed you would hit going down the track? That that down that downhill iced water slide. What was the maximum speeds you would hit going down the track? 142 kilometers an hour. And what is that for our, our US listeners? What is that in miles per hour? <laughs> oh gosh. I don't know. Let I me say, look it up. I, li- I would say maybe I, like around like a hundred and hundred and ten. Hundred and ten miles an hour down that track. Yeah. I mean, don't quote me. Someone, someone, <sighs> okay. I'm pulling out my phone. Like I need to know. 
I don't know the miles. Hold okay. on. I don't even know Wait, the... Hey, you can stop at 100 miles an hour. Like going okay, down the track we'll at 100, 100 miles. by Let's the way. Let's call it a clean 100. And it's just you lying on your back on a sled. That's with it. no padding, with a spandex suit. Yes, with a spandex mm-hmm. suit. Oh, mm-hmm. Paige, toughest move or toughest... Yeah, toughest move or toughest... Yeah, move in, in figure skating. What was the most difficult move you had to make on the ice? Um... So I would say for us, because I think it's different for each our team, but I would say for us would be the triple twist. So that was when like my partner threw me above his head. I rotated three times kind of horizontally and then he would catch me on my hips and put me back down. Um, I would say that was tricky for us, but I mean, I also loved the throws, which were when he would throw me like 15 feet across the ice and I'd rotate three times and land on one foot. So um, really, you know, one of those two is pretty tricky. It looks nutty on TV. I can tell you that. That's nothing I would never try at home. Arian, quickly tell the listeners, what the heck is the difference between luge and the skeleton? And why would one choose one over the other? Okay. Yeah. So luge is on my back feet first down the track. Skeleton is on their stomach head first down the track. Totally different sleds. You drive the sleds totally different. Like it couldn't be more different, even though it seems like it's going down the same track. Um, most people think that skeleton is more dangerous because they're going head first, but it's actually the opposite. So out of the three sports, bobsled, skeleton, and luge, luge has the highest speeds out of anybody because we have the most ability to drive our sled. So we can use all that G force to drive with the pressure. Um, it also makes luge one of the more dangerous because of our center of gravity, the way our sled set up is we have some of the, uh, the gnarliest crashes as well. Oh yeah. I, I can attest to that. I just watching that stuff on TV. I, I, ugh, I just, it, it amazes me how people survive some of those crashes to be quite honest with you. All right, Paige, last question. This is more of a personal thing here on the, on the figure skating. What made you select pairs figure skating versus just going in the in, going down the individual route of trying to become an Olympic figure skater in singles? That's a, that's a great question, and I probably am a little bit unique. But I was an individual skater. I loved it. I'm a very uh, stubborn and individual human. Um, and then my coach made me do pairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, hey, that's a, that, hey, it's the whole it's a whole phrase you want to get on the field you want some playing time you're gonna do what your coach says yeah yeah she was like there was a boy in my in my my club who i ended up going to olympics with who wanted to do pairs and i was the i was a lefty like him and you have to rotate the same way um and so there wasn't any other opportunity for him so my coach asked me three times i told her twice or twice no um, and the third time I was like, fine, if you'll stop asking me, I will do it for a year. And then I ended up loving it. <laughs> nice. I love that. All right, Ariane, the last question, maybe the most important question I have about Ooh. the sport of luge. Ooh. Why double luge? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a whole, like, if there's so many comedian skits about doubles luge, like just go watch like robin williams like has an incredibly hilarious one. Oh god i mean there's, there's got to be a reason why the sport was created what is the reason behind that somebody saying you know i've got a great idea we've got a person on their back on a luge we're going to add another person on top of that i don't know i have no idea who thought it was a good idea there's all these jokes about like like seriously the robin williams skit is so funny about like two drunk germans that was like we would be faster together let's try this <laughs> But I can say that I tried doubles luge once 
Um, and I was on the bottom and I hated every second of it. I was like, I can't breathe. I can't see. I don't like it. I'm not in control. And it just felt insane to me as well. Well, I was going to ask, you know, as, as the Olympics keeps trying to push for more athletes to participate, will the day come we're now seeing the triple luge? Oh, God. <laughs> the triple luge would just tip right over. Like their center of gravity, they'd go into a corner and just be like, bonk. Oh, All right, yeah. guys, we'll wrap this up on a serious note. Last, any last comments you know for that uh, that listener um who has taken the time to listen to today's uh inter- today's episode you know they're an athlete they're in the business world what would be some final thoughts you have for them gosh um i think a big one for for us is like or for me um is if you are at a place where you've been working hard to do better um and you haven't found that traction yet i think this would be a really cool opportunity for you um because one of our firm beliefs both of us is that you can always be better always but that doesn't mean that you're not good enough where you're at right this is this idea you can be better doesn't mean that you're not enough in this moment and that's what we want people to realize is that we want to help you build unshakable confidence in who you are right now while you push your own boundaries to grow into what you're capable of. Like that's what we're all about. And we just want to help people embrace that so they can live rock star awesome lives. I love that. Ariane, how about you? I mean, oh gosh, how am I supposed to top that? That's 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 <laughs> it, right? No, but I really in, in all seriousness, right? We there's been so many pieces in our lives, in my life, right? Let's start out with Luge. I was told you're you're never going to make it. You can never do this. And then I went to the Olympics. You know, I was told you're never going to get a sponsor. Who are you? Luge is a weird sport. And then I made six figures in sponsorships. I was told you're never going to win a medal. I broke my back and they said, you're never going to do your sport again. And, and I won a gold medal. I got a chronic illness and they said, well, you better give up on that cool life you had. And I was like, screw that. Watch me. Right. And so through all of that, I've proved to myself that I'm more capable than I ever thought I was. Mm. And I want that for other people because I'm not special in the way that I've done that. These are teachable tools. And I want other people to realize they are so much more capable of what the boxes they've been put in by others or by themselves. And I want them to get to live those badass lives. Well, Mm -hmm. Paige Lawrence, Arianne Jones, I can't thank you enough for being on today's episode. And if you're listening in, I hope you took a ton of notes. You know, these two, yes, they performed at the highest level. Uh, They were in the Sochi Olympics in 2014, but it's not because they had some unbelievably, uh, unbelievable God-given talent. It was they woke up, they showed up every day, they applied the right mindset, they put they filled their bodies with the right fuel, the right kind of exercise, the right kind of work, and the right kind of effort. And they got that chance to have their Olympic moments. And now they're helping entrepreneurs do the same. So, guys, one more time, thank you. Thank you. It's such a pleasure. And if you're listening in, you know what happens when confidence and clarity collide, massive action happens. Go make it happen today. Thank you for listening into this week's episode. And if you know of any other high achievers like yourself that you think would benefit from this episode, please do me a favor. Please share this with them. You would help me go a long way in sharing this message, getting this message out to as many people as possible. I'd be forever grateful. And if 
you really found benefit from today's episode, do me a favor, go subscribe to the podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a great review. It always helps to make sure that this podcast is getting in front of as many ears and eyeballs as possible. Thank you.